Thanks for having me on your show, Joel. You're welcome, Shaq. You're welcome anytime. And Cheers, man. I've got, we've got a, a new layout, a new yeah. structure brought to you today by the Growth Over Comfort podcast. We've been attempting for the past two hours yeah. to put this onto video. It wasn't so simple. That, that was a learning curve, to say the least. Yeah. Fucking hell, man. So, Pardon my French. So, we just tried to do the live stream and we're complete newbies to the whole system. And, um, yeah, it's not... It wasn't the easiest and we still haven't succeeded to, as of yet, but... Well, it depends which way you look at it. There was two videos that went on to our YouTube so, Technically, channel. we did succeed. <laughs> we did succeed. It just wasn't in sync and we weren't happy with it. So we're going to... Everything's there to get it right. We just need to put a bit more time into it. Yeah. And obviously, um, once we do, we're going to get this on live stream. Yep. And if you've got any hints or tips for us when it comes to live streaming on YouTube, please get in touch with us. Yeah, somebody help us, please. <laughs> well, I'm Shaq, sick of growing. I just need Shaq. a bit of comfort. <laughs> yeah, we need to, we need to get in this comfort zone. We need some help. We need a bit of comfort, man. We need some help. Uh, I, I can't be growing while on the podcast. Well, yeah, that didn't make any sense, so... <laughs> Without further ado, I'd like to introduce our new guest on the podcast, Mike Tyson. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. I like podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Shaq, so you've recently brought out a new song. Oh, it's not that new. Well, it's not actually that new as well. It's about a month. Yeah, oh, yeah, like January-ish. Was it january -ish? Yeah, yeah. January. I've, I've, uh, but that one, yeah, I did. I brought that out january so my first question to you today was, what does AOTY stand for? AOTY stands for Arsehole of the Year. <laughs> and uh, I got awarded that. No, it's, it's Artist of the Year. It was, um, it was a thing Ride Magazine done, a uh, shout out to John O. Ramsey. And they've done a little uh, a poll, a little vote. And you know how I feel about these things. I'm not, I'm not about this popularity vote, but I was in it. Only idiots vote. And sometimes when you're in it, you need to be in it to win it. <laughs> so, yeah, we uh, we were in there with some stiff competition, to be honest. There were some people that I never expected to beat. There was, like, literally... Really? Because they were in groups, there was groups, so it wasn't technically Arts of the Year. There was bands in there as well. And ah. if you do just basic, your basic math in it, like averages, you've got three people in one band. There's three people getting votes, two people in another. Yeah, like three people with family members, yeah. three people with yeah, friends, yeah. And three, three people with colleagues. And that aside, super talented as well. So the competition was was stiff. I never expected to win, but done a bit of promoting. The followers come through, the fans come through. I think you won with Flying Colours, didn't you? Yeah, we took 30% of the votes. Nice. So nice. yeah, I like how good. you said we. We, yeah, because to me it wasn't about being artist of the year. It was kind of more like making a statement that, look, I've got some loyal supporters there and that's what I proved because I don't have the biggest fan base. It's only just starting to grow. But what I do have at the moment are loyal loyal people that are actually buying my music, streaming yeah. my music, supporting my music, Stand which is massive. It. Yeah, mm, that, that can only get better. I can only build on that and it's just great foundations for the future. Yeah, it's a good point. And you brought it out with a video as well, didn't you? Yeah, just like a compilation of little something I put together you, myself. You even put uh, videos that the fans had took themselves into the into the video, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, from gigs, from gigs. Nice. Thought I might as well put them in. Yeah, no, it's a good touch. I felt like you. It felt like you were connecting with the fans when you were doing it, especially yeah. me in particular. I felt like I was kind of in there and in the video with you, even though I wasn't. Yeah. But just purely because I was at those times when you were performing live. 
Yeah, that's it. It makes it a bit more personal because some people were there watching the video and they can go back to the gigs. And if you know what I'm about, I love nothing more that I enjoy than just that live performance where the crowd's into it just as much as I am. Just really, like, it's something that really... It's one of the things that I live for. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah. You can see it when you perform because you're bouncing yeah. around the stage like a nutter. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I've done <laughs> since I was a kid and, like... Like, it was always, my thing was always, like, I get into everything, but I'd never stick to it. So I'm someone that, that knows a little bit about a lot of things, but never stuck to it. But music was something that just, as soon as I was exposed to it, it just never left me, and it's something that I've completely pursued ever since. How long would you say you've been pursued? I, I think we spoke about it in the last one, didn't we? 13 years? No, you were 13 years old. Was the first time that you performed in the rave scene? Oh yeah, rave scene. Yeah, so, yeah you're, looking at, you're looking at over thirteen years in the in the music industry, within reason. And you've yeah. been to college. You've spent time away. Like London, uh, London's a much different place to where we live. Different mm. culture, different habits, different beliefs down there. Different worldviews. Everything's completely different. Yeah, I mean, I'm fortunate in that way because I've been brought up very British, and I feel mm. very British. But I've had the opportunity to see that other side of things. So. Um, with my parents being from a different background, I was exposed to that as well, and it really gave me a chance. And the fact that I've been raised to, as a, more neutral than anything mm. else, mm. I'm very fortunate to have had that opportunity as well because I had a chance to really just make my own decisions, make my own mind up. And the fact that I had a chance to embrace two, two cultures, really, mm. it just was a great way to, like... For a kid to become more open-minded, you got a more broad, you got a broader perspective, and it's a it's That's a more exactly mature it, yeah. and balanced view on the world because you can see it yeah. from, other, from other people's eyes. Yeah, yeah, because you know what, a lot of people are just scared of things that are different, and that, that can yeah. even go 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 into race. Yeah, like it can. Seen of a race, you yeah. get scared. Yeah. Like it happens, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the, do you know what? Mass generalizations when they yeah, see people there's a, from there's a, a race. There's a lot of like racism and stuff like that, but. <laughs> There's a lot of it from people that I don't tend to think that are necessarily racist. It's just like, it's just like something that's been embedded in a culture mm. since the, probably the beginning of civilization or very, very early on. Where, like, say you see a tribe that looks different, or you yeah. see a clan or whatever, whatever mm. it was, you, you're instantly going to think, oh, there's something different there. You're not yeah. going to trust it, and it's kind of carried on in there. And you got to think, like, if you go back through thousands of years, like, we weren't just hopping on planes and ships and going to another country. Like, yeah. there was genuine separation between each of the countries yeah. and there was genuine differences that people yeah. would not understand fully. Well, in this day and age, there's absolutely no need for it, I, I no. think. There's, there's absolutely no need people for it. People just need to open up their minds a little bit and realise that we are all very much connected. We are all very much people with emotions and you can't just judge somebody on who they are as a person because of yeah. what they look like, what their appearance is. Like, there's more to that person. Yeah. You can't dehumanise them just because of what they look like. Yeah, but yeah. people do mass generalisations where they will see someone of, of, a, of a certain ethnic group and they'll instantly judge. Uh, and uh, Like you said, I think it could be passed down habitually from the parents, whether oh, yeah. they realise it or not, or through school, or through through the own culture of where you live. Like, the North East in general, imagine, I'd imagine our culture is a lot different to what it is like in London because we don't see it. We haven't got a, 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 such a broad perspective as it's, what they would. It's just that it's, it's become a part of, like, human... Like, part of us as humans. So, like, let's even look at the basic... Like, we're, we're from Middlesbrough. We're going to take the piss out of someone from Newcastle. Mm. Someone from Newcastle is going to take the piss out of someone from Sunderland. Mm -hmm. And it goes on and on. It's just... But it just gets more extreme. Yeah. 
to the point where there's actual violence because yeah, of violence this stuff. and genuine hatred. Look at football. Yeah, football's like, yeah. a strange <laughs> sport. Like, I, so you know what? I used to love football. Oh, I used to think that I love football. And then I went through this kind of uh, change in beliefs and change in who I was as a person. And I realised that when I was going to the pub on a Saturday to watch the football, I didn't even enjoy the football. I just enjoyed being around the crowd and being around my friends. And then I started to question football in general. And yeah. I was like, you know what? Most of these people who are watching it don't really enjoy the football. They just yeah. enjoy the atmosphere. But the atmosphere is quite damaging. Like When you think about the type of people who you are around at moments in time, like they're quite aggressive, mate, and like they mm -hmm. fucking hate other football fans because yeah. they support another football team. Yeah, yeah. And what are you really saying about yourself there for no reason whatsoever that like, you don't like somebody because of a football team it's, that they it's support? It's easy to slip into, isn't it? It is, It yeah. goes into things as well when you're in a crowd. You, you, you crowd me change. Pack mentality. Pack mentality. I think exactly. Darren Brown done a brilliant show on it before, you know. kind of change. You kind of change. So if I'm in a group and everyone's laughing at a certain thing, yeah, yeah. you might not find that certain thing yeah. funny at the time, but you'll you'll find a way to justify to make it funny. or And you'll fit in, you'll fall yeah, into the crowd. People do that a lot. And it's the same. Like You might just like certain people and then mm. certain people might have certain views and then mm. you're, you're, you're socialising with them people. And then before you know it, you, you share the same views because you like the people that have the, the view. And you it's kind of buy into their opinion, don't yeah, you? Yeah, and as you know what, you can you can find ways to justify anything. People will find a way to justify anything, and there's always two sides to the tale, and you can make both sides pretty damn fucking convincing. Yeah. So it, it's it's really hard to to really like the pack mentality thing. One's an interesting one. I, when when I watched this Darren show, Darren Brown show a couple of years ago. He was performing to a live audience and I remember at one part in the show, like they had to break into somebody's house and when they when they got into the house, he was saying to the crowd, he's like, right, right, shall I smash the TV? And all the crowd were going, yeah, yeah, smash the TV. So he started smashing up the house and everything like this. And all the crowd were cheering and like, yeah, yeah, smash this, yeah, yeah, do this. Like, yeah, yeah, go on the computer. <laughs> and then he turned around at the end of the show and he was just like, right, you were the subject. Like that, that that house has nothing to do with it. You yeah. are the subject right yeah, now. Yeah. Pack mentality, you've all fell into it. Yeah. And everybody in the audience like sat and looked at themselves like, oh shit. It's just human <laughs> psychology, like yeah. we forget that we've been like we're we've been studied, man. There's people studying us and that's not in a in a dark way or anything. There's just people studying mm. human behavioural patterns. Yeah. It's the way we're gonna progress with society to understand ourselves better. There's positives and negatives to this, is the negatives is when it gets used against us. So stuff like propaganda all this type of stuff, advertising, it can get... Advertising, our, yeah. Yeah, basically they're taking information up from us and then the, that way they can predict our future, our past yeah. and our present. Predict the patterns of your own behaviour. Yeah, and it, it can get used against us, like, just like that, that pack mentality thing or group mentality or whatever you like to call it. You know that test where the, they send uh, someone in a room, there's four people going to a waiting room with seats, they don't mm. get told to stand up or they get told to sit down and there's like a beep or something... And one person stands up at the beep. They've never been told to stand up at this beep. Mm. But because one person stands up, when the next person walks in the room, because they see this person standing up at this beep, mm -hmm. they think, oh, when the beep comes, I must stand up as well. Yeah. They don't yeah. question it. Yeah. Don't question it. And then a third person enters the room, and then a fourth yeah. person enters, enters the room, and then it ends up in a situation where all four people are sitting and standing on a beep, but nobody's yeah. ever been instructed to. Yeah. And that's how easy it is for us to fall into these patterns and it can happen with all sorts. That's why most of the time our opinions, never really ours, it's the information we've absorbed, absorbed from media outlets, from news, from newspapers, from TV, you know, it goes on and on from anything that we can absorb visually or we, 
it all becomes part of our opinion and we have to mm. be careful. That's why mm. it's good to cross-check and find your own opinion, find your own yeah. answers. Don't always go off. It's, that's the easy way, isn't it, to go mm. off what you've heard before. And that's where we trip up. Or the way that you've been brought up. Yeah. Like question the way you may want to question the way that you've been brought up. Like the reason why I like football is because of the way that I was brought up. Now that's not saying there's anything wrong with my upbringing, but it just wasn't my opinion and it wasn't my belief. And I, it was kind of passed down to me to to watch football. Mm. And then when I started to question what I actually enjoyed, I realised that I didn't really enjoy football. I just got I just fell into the habit. Yeah. I fell into following what everybody else yeah, does. Yeah. Well, like thing with me with, with things like football. I grew up playing it, play like obviously every playtime in primary school, playing for the school on the mm -hmm. weekends, mm -hmm. playing it with your friends through secondary school. But I've never, uh, I fell, I fell out of, uh, fell out of love out watching it. I say, yeah, yeah. but it's still something I'd enjoy. You know, like if there's big games on and stuff, it's still something I'd enjoy watching. But it's just not the main thing that I'd be doing. I've got, I've got less respect for football players as well, and that, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but I, I really do. Just more, more so because. I got into cycling so much, and I compare a footballer to a cyclist, and, and the level of professionalism from a cyclist compared to a footballer yeah. is incomparable. You see a cyclist, right? I'm not being funny, but I've seen cyclists go down in Tour de France, like smash, like smashing the deck at 40, 50 mile an hour, crashing into a wall, yeah. and honestly, picking up the bike, dusting themselves off, riding to the finish line, and finish like two minutes behind the leader, yeah. right? Anyway, this one rider, that one crash in particular, they had to race for the next 10 days in the toughest race in the world, like 150, 100 to 150 miles a day through the mountains in France. But they didn't want to go and get an X-ray because if they got an X-ray, they might find out the truth of the, their injuries, so they'd have to withdraw from the Tour de France. <laughs> so they just carried on with their injuries anyway. And, like, they really, like, they were fucked all the way yeah. through. Like, bad back. Got an X-ray at the end of the race, He'd fractured his spine. Oh, my And he'd God. been racing through the Tour de France. Now, you compare that to a footballer who, when he gets tackled, can roll around on the floor. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, the level of professionalism, oh, yeah. for me, it's just incomparable. I mean, the work ethic, I mean, you can't knock all footballers because no, they have to train no. most days. Yeah, absolutely. And play every, every week. And, so uh, that, that's hard work. But what you get is football players are a lot more... See, in today's society, football players are a lot more influential yeah. than than bike, there's than cyclists, yeah, yeah. and uh, with that, they're, they're in the public eye a lot more. And what you see now is footballers are almost like modern day rock stars, man. Yeah, they're they living are, the yeah. life, they're living it up. Yeah. Where cyclists are not, so maybe you don't see that much of the cyclists cyclist lifestyle. Cyclists can't live it up because their job is that tough. They they like Chris Froome literally has one night out a year, one night out a year. You see a footballer. I mean, you could arguably see him out every Saturday night of the year. You really could. There is some footballers who do it. There will be some footballers that dedicate yeah. their whole life. This, don't get me wrong, that's not me saying all football. The likes of, like, Frank Lamp at Lampard, I always remember him being mega professional, taking it really serious, and that's that's why he was at the top of his game. That's why he was one of the best in the world at the time. Yeah. Because he took it so serious, mm -hmm. and he wasn't... He didn't step onto the football ground and think, right, I'm the best. Like, the reason why he was the best is because he put the hours in off off the football field and on the training ground, and that's where that's where he picked up his skill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the whole point in this podcast was to talk about Shaka's music, A-O-T-Y, <laughs> and we just went off on a massive tangent. But that was good fun. And I just want... I, and I've... So, so I've been going through Shaka's lyrics as, as I do and just, like, just looking deeper into them and seeing what we can get out of them. And just, it opens it up. Got so much doubt, will I win again? Then again, when I'm down, will I grin again? Adversity. I think we learn so much from adversity. And I was watching a very good documentary the other day. 
about Tommy Caldwell, and it is called The Dawn Wall. So Tommy Caldwell is arguably the, the greatest rock climber ever. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's, he's uh, scaled El Capitan. El Capitan's in one El of your songs. El Capitan. El <laughs> Capitan. Um, more times than anybody else, and he's set more new routes than anybody else, etc. And this Dawn, The Dawn Wall is an incredible documentary. It's one of the best I've seen. Yeah. And he talks about his upbringing with his father, and his father took a completely different approach to being a parent, and he didn't want to just like, uh, Tommy Caldwell was a very shy child, so what his father thought he has to teach him is adversity. Mm -hmm. So from the age of six, he had him like climbing up mountains, like I'm talking, there's there's one picture, I'd love to get it up, there's one picture, right, where there was a a sheer drop there, and there's a stack going up there, a mountain, and a stack going up there, another mountain on the other side. Uh, this is in it's in your semi valley. There, what do you mean? So imagine just a big. Uh, how can I explain? A big rock face, one yeah. massive rock face going up to the right, yeah. one ma- massive rock face going up to the left, with a big gap in the middle. Yeah. And then there was a rope attached between the two. And there's Tommy Caldwell at the age of six in the middle of this six. rope, six years old. <laughs> so you can imagine what this this father was teaching him at a young age: adversity. But he wasn't necessarily saying it was adversity. He was teaching him growth through adversity. So like they'd go camping when it was like proper snowing outside. They'd get a tent again at the age of six and just go hiking into the woods and then just go camping for the night and he was just trying to teach him like just more about life yeah like uh, he he was really shy he really struggled as a child they used to call him they used to call him a retard mate that's yeah that's they used to call him a retard so his father was like well fuck this like i'm gonna teach him about life yeah i'm gonna teach him how to be a be a a person that's a good dad right yeah 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 you know what and he gets brought into the documentary so many times throughout it's interesting very interesting. So I just wondered what you, what your thoughts were on, on adversity and like what do you gain from it? And I think it's very important, and uh, I think if you want to, I think the when you really study the the greats or yeah, like the greats, mm. you see that all of them have gone through their own form of adversity, and I think it's important that I think in life it's important that all of us go through a form of adver- adversity because. There's people that are privileged enough that don't and their mindset can be completely warped. Mm. Like your mindset can be warped when you live in a bubble where nothing can hurt you because life is completely different to that and that's why it's important to teach your kids early on in life because they can go into adulthood with the impression that their shit don't stink. (laughs) (laughs) And reality will hit them hard unless they're they're, they're very privileged from a financial point of view, family-wise, that can support them. You're really gonna crash hard in this life, especially if you've been brought up spoilt. Yeah. Because that is honestly, that is one of the worst things you can do with your kid, bring them up spoilt, because there's gonna be a time where they'll have to fend for themselves and they, they won't get everything they want at a click of their fingers. And that can really, really cause uh it can really cause trouble for a kid. But because they don't know how to deal with adversity. Yeah, that's it. It all comes back to adversity. Really isn't is. it? You need you need to go through it at some point. I think to to grow. It's important. It's important to, to it's a, develop. It's a funny point. I've actually just remembered a story there. So my uncle was going through a bit of a tough time. I, this might have been a, a year ago, a year and a half ago. And he came. In. I was sat in my mum's kitchen eating uh, breakfast or whatever. And he came. He came in through the door. And he's like, I tell you, like, morning on anyway. He's like, I tell you what, right. If I was in charge of the national curriculum and I was in charge of the schools, or if I was in charge of this country, what I would do, right, and, and every child's first day of school, I would, what, what I'd make them do, I'd make each child come in for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes with the parents, right, and on the first day, they come in, 
They come and sit down in the classroom on their own, well, with the parents, but no other children around. I'd be the teacher, or the teacher at the time, would go straight up to the blackboard or the whiteboard, and he'd write in big, bold letters, life is not always fair. <laughs> and he'd finish the lesson, and he'd send the child home with the parents, and that, that's the first day of school. Life is not always fair. And you know what, like, as, as extreme as it is, I'd never ever say that's a good thing to teach a child just like that. You need to teach them why. You need to explain more about the situation. But within reason, it, it does make sense. It does, yeah, because... <laughs> <what a way laughs> for make... you remember your first day at school, you were taught that life's not always fair. Yeah, yeah, so when shit hits the fan when you get older, you might be like, actually, you know what? I should have expected this because I got taught it at a very young age. Well, you know what? You're going to go home and just think all day, what did that actually mean? Life is yeah. not fair. Yeah. It's going to spark a lot of questions in a young uh, young child's mind. And talking about childhood, actually, that, that, that links in good to my next point. So another, another line, another lyric. It's quite strange for me to read these out in return. When yeah. you rap them, I talk them. <laughs> <laughs> so many die when they're making billions. One hope they'll live again. So with one hope, with one hope that they'll live again. Like when, when are you, when are you most alive? Really? Do you think it's in your childhood when you got no worries, you got no insecurities, you care less about what other people think about you, you got less. I did a say insecurities. You got you got less issues basically going on. Like as you get older, things get on top of you. Life experiences happen that might be a little bit hard to accept. So do you think that you are most alive when you're a child? I think. I mean, I don't. I'm not. It's a hard question to answer, but I think you're the most alive. <clears throat> Sorry, where's my water? <clears throat> yeah. I think you're most alive. No, I'll be all right. Thanks. I think you're most alive in the present moment. Like, there's, there's no time to be alive than now. Nice answer. Is it? Like, we're alive mm. now. Like, you need to be aware of the present moment more than anything. Yeah. I like it. I, I don't think it needs to be stretched any further. The reason why I brought it up is because when I was last here, you played the Beatles song, Golden... Golden Slumbers. Golden Slumbers. Mm -hmm. Once there was a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it got me thinking. Really did get me thinking, like... Once there was a way to get back homeward. Yeah. It's quite hard to find, to know where home is. Yeah. I think these days. Yeah, it's like they say home is where the heart is, don't they? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, when you think of home, it, it takes you back to your childhood, doesn't it? Like, mm. it, it, that's if you had a happy home as a childhood, I guess. Yeah, of course, but, well, yeah. Or wherever you felt the safest. Would When you're a child, that kind of sticks secure. in your head, you know? Like, maybe there was a happy family time where everyone was together... I mean, that, that those are the moments you cherish and it's a hard question to answer. It is, but I like your answer. Mm. Being in the present. Yeah, I feel like, I feel very much alive right now. I just know there's times when I look back to my childhood and I think, God, they were good times. Yeah. When I used to ride a skateboard, that was probably the most alive I ever used to feel because I remember I used to wake up daily and I'd watch, like, a skateboard video and then I'd quite literally just go and find a school roof to jump off on my skateboard. I used <laughs> school to, I, roof. Yeah, quite, <laughs> mate. I just wanted to find the biggest things that I'd dare to jump off. Yeah. And it was just a way of pushing myself, to, like, to feel fear. Yeah. Like, real fear, but fear that I can push through. And yeah. co but it's also controlled fear. Mm -hmm. It's important. Definitely. 100%. We remain in the same old construct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So is it do you think it's your drive to 
Do you think your drive with the music comes to get out of the construct and create a, create your own construct? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 that's a... The corporate construct, you say. Yeah, like, out, out of context, it can be quite a broad thing. Yeah. Like, same old construct, it could be your day-to-day life, but mm. my meaning was probably more, like, institutional or yeah. more aimed towards corporations and governments, as in that we're, like, in the same old cycle, like, mm. constant wake-up, eat, work, repeat, cycle, until we basically... Away. <laughs> it's quite hard to yeah. It's quite hard to change your life as well when you wake up with the same habits as what you did the day before. So you need to ch- to really change your perspective on life. You have to change these tiny little details. So you might wake up and get out of bed on the same yeah. side as what you did the day before. Now yeah. that's that's creating emotional triggers in yeah. your mind that things are the same as they were the yeah. day before. I think I actually forgotten that in the in the lyrics it probably it probably is aimed more to the construct, including how we live that's impacted by government Mm -hmm. and all the rest of it, plus just being stuck in the same old cycle of of your life routines as well. Because what's the next line? We remain in the same old construct. Can you feel my pain when you got stuck? It it is just falling trapped in that cycle. Yeah. And then that's another moment of adversity. Yeah. When you're trapped in that cycle, and then that's why, like, can you feel my pain when you got stuck? It's just yeah. basically, like, we can relate to each other because we all go through some shit. And then got to put pen to the page. Yeah. Statement of intent. Put the pen to the page, yeah. So it's as though, like, you're talking about the past, the construct that you're in, or the uh, yeah. corporation construct, whatever you want to call it, and then you're talking about putting pen to the page. Yeah. That's the construct that you want to create for yourself. It's your own yeah. personal construct. Yeah, it's like, it's like doing, taking action instead of... Taking action. You got stuck. Thing. I, you know what? When I think about that, uh, always goes back to my childhood. I always remember my dad saying, "You've got no get up and go." Oh, really? <laughs> Have some get up and go. Get what? up and go. Was he calling you lazy, Shaka? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that's always stuck, stuck in my head. You know, sometimes you just got to get up and go. It's just so basic <laughs> because you get stuck in that pattern of thinking about it, things too much. Like just make a start on it. Like, just like with the the, Broadcasting the live stream, for instance, it just happened there. Yeah. Like, you face a few brick walls, like, I don't have a fucking clue what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I feel like, just like, so useless right now. But we're going to work it out. Yeah, because that's where you can fall into a fixed mindset. You yeah. feel like, you don't want to feel like you're useless, you know what I mean? There's only so much energy you can put into feeling like, oh, I'm not yeah. getting anywhere. At the end of the day, we all start useless at everything. We can't, when we're born, we can't walk. You yeah. got to, It's a constant battle of trial and error. Like, yeah. everybody has that growth mindset within them because it's a constant battle of trial and error through life to learn anything. Yeah. But you can't read, you can't write. You've you got to learn these things, you gotta, you got to adapt yourself. Exactly, like, you feel like you're hitting a brick wall every single day mm. or you feel like you're making no progress progress but you never really know when you're going to have that breakthrough mm-hmm. you just got to keep plugging away and, and we got a six minute we got a six minute live video on there <laughs> doing six minute live video <laughs> <laughs> we succeeded but you know what it's on there like it's well it's deleted now to be fair so it's not on there but it's 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 progress it's we had sure nothing yesterday yeah it's possible like, yeah, it's possible it's, it's all in the realm, realms of possibility it's a move in the right direction it's something that we're willing to learn and pick up on yeah we just got to go away and put our heads in some books or whatever or watch some YouTube videos and it'll progress. Yeah, yeah, it's got direction. We know what we want to do. We know what we want to aim, and aim to achieve and it's up to us to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you got for me? I've got plenty, Shark. I'm just trying to... I'm trying to, like, do it without also reading out. So I want to ask a little bit about lyrics and music writing. Yeah. Um, so my conscience beams... 
my conscience beams in forever streams. And then it follows on with, uh, I think the line after that is, float with unknown matter, got the data to make the sun go splatter. So like, it's it's clever. And are they intent, like the beams and the sunlight, is that intentionally leaked? Is that intentionally linked? Beams and sun, is that intentional? Yeah. So like that, that's like, when you're writing, you, 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 one of the, one of the like tricks, let's say, there's many tricks when you're writing that could be like something as basic as an alliteration, just, just different writing techniques. And one of them is just like linking certain phrases together. And that's like a more simple, on the simple side, so. It's that simple. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a theme, isn't it? Like, you just, a theme. I like it though. When I start looking at your lyrics and I start like reading it, like I read it time and time and time again, and you start picking up on the little things, and then you see how beams like links with sun, and you're like, "That's clever." You might not realise it, mate, but that that's genuinely clever, and that is happen. That happens time and time and time again. Yeah. In every song that you do. Mhm. <laughs> and there's no such thing as natural born talent. In this fixed, fixed mindset, growth mindset book that I'm reading right now, they're saying there's no such thing as natural born talent. It's trial and error. Yeah, it, it's it experience. Is. It's it doing is. it over and over and over. So how often would you say you're writing? How long are you writing for? Is it daily? Is it weekly? Is it like? Well, I, I definitely know writing was not a natural born talent because I I remember my very first <laughs> lyrics. I remember my can you remember first processes. Can I you actually how basic it was. Yeah. What can you what? Oh, my first ever lyric. Can you remember? I, it was like must have been some sort of rave lyric. Yeah, yeah, it will have been, won't it? Yeah, it can was you... probably about like twacking a car or, <laughs> 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 or doing something else at technical. <sighs> but yeah, like, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it was just like it's been a long process, and sometimes I look back on it, you know, maybe right, especially the new music that I've uh, beautiful that I've coming out now. It's yeah. amazing. Talk a little bit about it. So you're releasing a new EP, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, uh, what people might not realise is, like, when I write something, it doesn't get released straight away, and it's the same with many artists. You mm. don't release something that you've just made. Like, I'm sitting on stacks of music, but there's only certain things I'm going to put out until, like, everything's packaged right and, uh, you know, and all the rest of it. Well, well, no point getting details, but those who understand yeah. them, how it works, they know what I'm on about. Um, so in the meanwhile, I'm putting out just little little bits just to keep people engaged. Mm -hmm. But the music I've got ready now is just the the best music. It feels like I'm actually I've got my own sound and I've got my own rhythm now. I feel like the first EP yeah. was a starting block, a very important starting block. But mm -hmm. the creativity is really starting to flow through my music now. Mm -hmm. You can feel it as well. That cipher you done was wicked. Oh, the cipher. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that's that. Uh, it was probably about a minute, a minute and a half that you're on there for. Yeah, it was, it was a few bars. Proper catchy. <laughs> I've, I've played that over and over. But the yeah. full cipher, mate, the full cipher is, is act genuinely impressive. The full yeah. thing, I think it shows this area area in a good light. Yeah, there's lots lots of positive feedback from there, which was surprising. You know, because there's so many of us and we're so unexposed to the, to the region and yeah. the rest of the country, Yeah. to be honest. I wonder what people from different areas that have more of a hip hop or rap background think of it. Well, let's just say I've, London, I've, London, for example. We've had feedback. Yeah, people, yeah. people love it. Wait, how could they not when they see there's they just such a high mean. level of? Yeah, they just proves that we've got such a high level of quality. Well, yeah. there's a lot of people that are bitter about it as well. Yeah, you know, fuck there's them. people that get bitter about it because jealous. Maybe not on it. Or maybe, maybe just yeah. maybe but they're just jealous. It yeah. does. It does come down to stuff like that, but. 
that's a good thing for me as well to see that mm-hmm. people get upset about it because it shows that, you know, like it's a good product. Yeah, of course. It's a good product if people have to mention it. Uh, that's any press is, uh, is good press, isn't it? At the end of the day. Um, yeah. The next section of the full song is very much um, a statement about yourself, but I kind of now I know that AOTY stands for Artist of the Year. Mm. I kind of feel like that's what you're doing there. You're kind of explaining you are Artist of the Year, and without looking egotistical, you were just you just again like making a statement of intent. You're showing that you're here. Yeah, you're showing that you're taking over. Yeah, I just thought it's something I could do just to show my appreciation for the people that actually got involved. Mm. And, uh, and for Jono from Ride Magazine for putting the thing, thing together because my first reaction to it was, this is bullshit. I don't want to be involved in a popularity contest. Yeah. Had some time to think about it and I thought to myself, do you know what? It's a good thing mm-hmm. because this is another independent blog growing. Like, let's support each other. Yeah. Like, more than anything, let's get people involved and engaged like, this is the best way to create, like, a, a good fan base is by getting them involved, get them something that they can actually, you know, feel like they're contributing to. Like, I, I wouldn't... Through that slot, through that uh, through that competition or whatever you want to call it, got a slot at Lindis, Lindisfarne yeah, Festival. Yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. End of August. Yeah, which is a, yeah, I'm big, get myself it's a big festival. Ocean Colour Scene are playing. Uh, and... Uh, the Showhawk Show Jewel. Showhawk Jewel, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. It's it's a good it's a good good vibe. It's like it's a really good slot. So they helped me to get get that slot. Good. It's a great opportunity. It's one of those doors that you just got to open when yeah. the, when that door is just wedged open. Just open it fully and go yeah. through it. But Take the, each opportunity as it but comes. The, my next EP is pretty much done. Nice. So that's done. And it's my yeah. best work. It's the best work I've it's, put yeah. together in a project. Now I have got more music for after that as well, but. This work here is my best yet, and some of the music is just like, I'm so proud of it because it's the music that I could hear in my head, you know, that I never had a chance to put out before. Mm-hmm. Like, this is more leaning towards that, and I'm still not there yet. Still more things that I could do with with a bigger team, but I'm certainly getting to that point now, yeah. and this music's going to just show the, the difference in levels from I Am You to this new one. To move so I'm not releasing the knit. Gonna reveal the name just yet. Progress. You're forever making progress within yeah. the music, and you get it's all from hard work and commitment, dedication, passion, drive. Everything. Yeah. Everything. The rest. <laughs> Here we go. What's this one? <laughs> the rest of this earth is a mess because of dumb greed. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, explains itself, that one, doesn't it? Like, if you look at the state of the world, like, like I hate to sound negative, there's so much positive things that you've got to think, like, although there's a lot of negative, there's, there is so much positive as well, but at the moment, that overall state of the earth, the planet, the world, it's, like, in complete turmoil. Mm. And it might be better than it was, like, a thousand years ago or whatever, but the way we're going now, the planet can't actually survive. It can't sustain. Like, we're looking at the ecosystem as well as governments and corporations, we're looking at the actual way we're treating the, the planet. The atmosphere. It's all, it all impacts each other because it's the way the corporations are also impacting impacting the ecosystem and all yeah. the rest of it with plastics. Plastics, naturally. I mean, pl- plastics is a big one. and it's, it's, At the moment, it's gaining a lot of momentum mm-hmm. yeah. in, the, in the press, in the public eye, yeah. and the work that you're doing now for it. Like, you've been going to schools and everything, haven't you? Yeah, so I've, like in the last uh, about four weeks, I've, I've, I've gave presentations to like over 600 children trying to educate and 
just change habits and beliefs of, of the younger generation so that they don't live the same way that we live. And in my eyes, what I've been saying to the children is what I've been trying to do to them is plant a seed in their mind, a seed of doubt, so that the next time they go into a Tesco or another shop, whatever, and they buy or they go to buy some plastic product, they might just question it. Do they really need to do that? Do they really need to buy that plastic bottle? We got like schemes such as the refill app. And if you download that app on your phone, you can go in there with a water bottle and you can fill up. You can fill up your own water bottle. So you don't need to go and buy the plastic. It's mm -hmm. it's it's unnecessary. Single use plastics is the one. 150 151 million tons every single year is produced just single use so what, plastics. So what are your single use plastics? Just imagine going to buy a tray of chicken. Everything that comes in there, that's all wrapped in plastic. Your plastic bags, mates, plastic bags, turtles eat jellyfish, that's their main source of food in the oceans. But they, so what's the one thing that looks like a jellyfish? A plastic bag. So if we're throwing a plastic bag into the ocean, a, jelly, a, a turtle is more than likely going to come across it and naturally eat it or attempt to eat it. And actually, that's gone. That turtle's dead. And we are destroying the planet in ways that we don't even realize it because it travels. So like it, I was walking at Rosebury Topping with my daughter in the in the summer, and there was a group of like four lads in front of us, and they all 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 had like two water bottles each, and each one of them drank it and threw it onto the floor. So me and her went walking behind, picked them up, put them in my bag, carried them home. But people don't see the bigger picture. They don't realise that them throwing them water bottles on the floor, it's going to end up falling into a river. When it goes into a river, it's going to go into the sea. When it goes into the sea, it's going to enter the Jaya. And when the, what the Jayas do, that's like the, the way that the tides go and the, and the currents go. And then it, it kind of formulates into this big circle. So you end up with like a plastic island. And in the North Atlantic in general, there's meant to be a, a plastic island that's the size of Texas. And that's a bit misleading because it's not necessarily a plastic island. It's just trillions of microplastics. So that bottle that might have been sat on top of Rosebury Topping has then found its way into the oceans. It's it's degraded, but it's not fully degraded. It's just degraded into tiny little microplastics that then looks like eggs. So then the fish consume these little tiny microplastics, thinking that the eggs, thinking that it's food. Then the bigger fish eat these fish. Then we catch these fish. Ends up back in our system. Mm -hmm. So it's harmful to human health, but they don't realise it when they throw it away on top of Rosebury Topping. Granted, it'll take, take years and years to get to that state right there, but it's going to happen. Yeah. And it's what we're doing all the time, all around the country, all around the world. I mean, it's, it goes back to the basic, though, it, doesn't it? Everything is connected. Yeah, yeah. Everything is connected, so it's all just going to be a vicious cycle. It's going to come back on us. Yeah. And that, that's just the way the planet works. Yeah. So just, we just need to be mindful in our habits, mindful in our behaviours and our actions, and if we can just consume less. I know I'm terrible for it, by the way. I've got, I mean, I've got about... I drink lots of bottled water. Yeah, yeah, so I've we've got, been through this. So, I, so I've got so many bottles... I use a lot of plastic. <laughs> well, like I must be going through about 10, 12 bottles Whoa. a week. That's a lot. Yeah, 1.5 litre bottles of... You need to give me these... Absolutely. I need these bottles because I'm making a kayak. Yeah, I've got a few for you That's there. not me advising you to go and buy more plastic bottles, though. Well, yeah. Just buy a water filter and just fill it up about the tap and stick it in the fridge. Yeah, I need to... Uh, get it out of your mind that it's bad for you. It's fine. Yeah. No, the Thumbrian water about. produces good quality well, I, water. I don't have an excuse now because you're, you're about to risk your life <clears throat> for the plastic epidemic. <laughs> So for our addiction to plastic. The least I could do is probably just find an alternative to 
mineral water. Well, I need. You know what? I love my mineral water. Well, you know what? Not e- not even just the mineral water. I just I don't really want to drink from the tap. So I, I probably yeah. need to get a, a, a dis. What is it? I get it. A distiller. A distiller. Yeah, I think. What they call? Yeah, I think so. Along those lines. What? Just a water filter. Yeah, I I just drink straight out of the tap. I mean, I have no issue with just drinking straight straight out of the tap. Yeah. None whatsoever. But I know people do, and I know. But we just gotta find better ways to do it. Buy glass bottles if you really need to. It's easier, easier recycle. Every bit of plastic that has ever been made is still around today. It doesn't, it doesn't biodegrade. It doesn't disappear. Like it might do, but we just don't even. It's, we haven't had plastic around long enough to know how long it takes to biodegrade. Anyway, let's try and finish this on a lighter note. So, what what song will we do next, Shark? You think? So we've done a T Y. I'm a, Artist of the year. I think we should maybe... Well, it's up to you what song you want to do next. Your choice. Can we go back to the EP? Because we never got that finished. It's up to you. Or would you like to do more newer music? Would you like to do freestyles? Would you like to do... A different band? Like, we can do other people's music. It doesn't have to be yours. Mm-hmm. Or anything. We can... Or if anybody's got any anything they would like us to do, then just suggest it to us and we'll see what we can come up with. Yeah. We want to do some Beatles songs and stuff eventually, don't we? I think I want to concentrate on your music more for now, though. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I just want to know which direction we want to go next. Like, what track next? Let's what? break it down a little bit. I mean, this opens up good discussions about anything and everything. Mm-hmm, it does. Uh, well, yeah. soon we're going to have many more tracks to break down. Of course. So... I'll look forward to we it. Can, we can go I back to IMU or, or we can wait till... So the next project's out. We'll decide. We shall concur. But thank you very much for listening. Respect. Respect.